Yeah, fuck me all up. All right, man. We got Craig here. Um, so we're doing the Psychotic Strength podcast. I'm Tyler Toby Townsend and Martin Geronimo. And we got Craig Recor. Um, he's the owner of Hardcore Barbell. It's where we train and um, where we get huge. You know, so, <laughs> we so. Uh, yeah, at least we hope so. Um, so yeah, dude, let's kind of just get our gym update done, um, our goal update, and then we'll kind of move on to the topic, which is Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, so gym went pretty good for me today. I'm fucking wrecked. Um, it went good all week. I mean, yeah, um, yeah for you. Yeah. I made it all days and yeah, dude, it's just a uh, deload week. So nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Rich went fucking nuts. Yeah, really he's so cool. excited for these comps. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So he oh, is starting to like. I mean, we're doing deload, and he's fucking doing keg walks and shit. Sometimes I feel the deload weeks can actually be the hardest weeks. Yeah, because you're you're typically not as intense, and when you're doing this kind of lifting, you need that intensity to be able to lift the weight. You know, it makes it easy, right? When you have that intensity and you have that mental drive for that push right. and you go into the gym and instead of lifting 500 pounds you're lifting 300 and you're like oh this should be really easy and mm-hmm. you don't have any you know intent to that bar and the, sometimes the weight moves just that much slower because there's no intent there's no there's no intensity either so you know i feel personally uh when i deload i'll typically just take the week off and not even touch a weight oh really yeah. mm-hmm. That's different, you know, different for different people. But of course, I'm a little older, so my body's a little more beat up. So sometimes that extra week off is just a little easier for me. That's just personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. and I feel that again, that's different for every person. So most of my clients, uh, unless they're out of town, they can't get to a gym. They'll do some lightweight on a deload week. But otherwise than that, they might take the week off completely. Yeah, Uh -uh. I mean, yeah, we just go lightweight. Is what we usually do. What forty, fifty. High reps about, and shit, yeah. Yeah, high reps, and there's a lot more toning up, bodybuilding type workouts. You know, we're doing like, what, sets of uh, sets of 12, sets of 15, sets of 10, lighter weight, and uh, that's, I don't know, that's kind of the program that we've been following, so we've been we've been doing that. Uh, but this week, man, I, so I work, so I started managing this, this company um, here in Vancouver for directional drilling. And I just been super busy this whole week. Last week I couldn't even get in at the gym. I think I got in one time on Friday, and that's about it. But at, at the same time, like you said, if if you're not really, if you take the whole week off, you know, it's almost. <laughs> I guess it's almost the same thing what I was doing right now. Just yeah, it's whole just week it's off. just a recovery. So you know, yeah, with with heavy lifting, yeah. you need that recovery. Time. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be able to have those additional days of recovery. And you know, for such as you get older, unfortunately, it's more and more of those days and yeah, those times of recovery. Need, yeah. So. Gotcha. So would you recover, I would say, let's say, like a week before a competition? Would you actually take the whole week off? Uh, Or what would you do? Usually, I always take the entire week off, at least seven days. Um, Typically, I'll do my openers for for powerlifting somewhere around seven days out, and I'll go just with a moderate opening weight, and I'll do maybe one of those or two, uh, two singles. Typically with deadlift, it's uh, in between 10 and 14 days out. I don't deadlift at all. And there's mm-hmm. uh, been a lot of different science with that as well where, you know, you get your central nervous system kind of reset. Uh, deadlift can kind of, I think, crush your central nervous system more than any other lift. And you need the most recovery mm-hmm. from the deadlift to be ready. Well, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I'd say every time I, I'm getting ready for a competition, uh, I take at least the first, mm-hmm. the one whole, week. one whole week. I don't touch shit. One whole week. I just, uh, I feel the same way you do. You know what I mean? I, I want to be fully ready to go. And I didn't used to do that with at least my fir- the first year I was in it. 
But uh, I actually took a trip down to El Salvador, right? And I was pissed for two weeks. I couldn't yeah, I work out. That. I remember that. Yeah. And uh, fucking, it was just, it, it was amazing. Yeah, you got back and you felt great. Right. You, you ended up feeling better than you expected. Absolutely. And, and that's stronger. one of the things, you know, like, let's say you take a couple months off from the gym, do, you, you had to work, you had to go somewhere out of town, whatever. It's usually hell to get back for the first couple of weeks when you've taken a few months, six months off, anything like that. But in reality, sometimes you know, your tendon strength is recovered and your ligaments and mm-hmm. joints are all, you know, in better condition. So you'll end up getting stronger. So, you know, you gotta you gotta kind of see where that where that goes because sometimes that couple weeks it, you're you're quicker to recover now and you're gonna get a little bit stronger again and your tendons and ligaments are a little bit healed. So there's that kind of that fine line. How many how many how much time do I want to take off? Right. You know, how much time is really gonna be beneficial to me? But typically having some time off is when you come back is always beneficial in a way. Oh yeah. It's just hard in your head. Mentally That's difficult to take yeah, the time off, absolutely. but physically it's needed. Yeah, because I'm thinking, man, I took a whole week off, dude. I'm, I'm a, I literally, I, bought, I bet you I dropped like 20 pounds on my weight, you know, yeah. <laughs> on my strength. But no, in reality, I guess if you know if you need the rest, yeah. I, well, I had the take. DEXA scan redone yesterday uh, during our open house, and I did lose about nine-tenths of a pound lean body mass, and that was due to having the COVID in December. So I lost 21 pounds of weight in December having yeah. the COVID. And uh, I wasn't able to eat, and I knew I lost some muscle mass. But luckily, I've been able to maintain majority of everything. Mm-hmm. So nine tenths of a pound lean body mass. It's uh, you know each pound of body mass is not easy to get. So hopefully yeah. we can regain that. But I feel good um, just trying to uh, you know get back to where I was. Well, you look poofy as shit in poofy. a good way. You know what I mean? Like you're looking real <laughs> yeah. thick. So I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Well, I, I mean, did wear a padded, uh, you know, bra today. Oh, nice, just perfect. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, the bra. We'll, we'll, we'll find out how padded later. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, that's fucking yeah. Deload is is definitely needed, and that was one of the things I was trying to tell Rich was that uh, you know, chill. You know, he's like, oh, but I want to get stronger, and I'm like. You want to get injured. That's what I'm hearing. You know, like, I mean, because you just, you can't push it and push it and push it and push it. I mean, this is deload. Mm-hmm. You know, it's his first full month with us. And uh, this is his first deload week, I think. I think he started it. He with started a it on a deload week, but we were trying to figure out his weight, I guess. So, yeah. 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 Kind of jumping well, around. that's all right, man. He's, he's fucking strong. So we'll figure that shit and out. And that's where too. having a good coach who's knowledgeable, who's kind of lived the life, um, you can be knowledgeable in training techniques and everything else, but if you don't have the experience of dealing with the issues, yeah. you know, with you know, overloading the body, overloading the tendons, overloading the central nervous system, overloading your back, all the different things that can start to become ailments, then you know, how good of a coach are you if you don't yeah. understand that? I've had many younger guys want to coach me uh, to do different lifts or whatever, and I just laugh. <laughs> yeah. What What do you know at 25? Right. That I don't know at you know I'm almost 49 years old, and uh, yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've learned. I've, I've learned that you got to you got to listen to your body more and more and more. Right. Every day, and it's it just gets harder and harder and mentally harder because now you have less time that you're making progression. And there's more time you're making regression. You know, you're you know when you're trying to set PRs, you're trying to get up to this peak, and there's more valleys than there is peaks now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's hard, man. And uh, it's very I, hard. I have, I mean, like like you're saying, I mean, I'm a young guy. I'm like 31, right? So like, oh, I thought you were 65. 
Oh, well, no. I know I'm good as shit. <laughs> I'm just ugly. All right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so saying that, I, I definitely can't lift like I did when I was 25. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's a huge difference um, having to listen to my body. I mean, like I like we've had to deal with. I started we started stretching, and warming no. up and all that other no. shit. Yeah, dude, we stretch well, now. We say it's not so. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? But yeah, uh, warm that, up, stretch. That hamstring pull, I, I was purple from the back of my knee all the way to my ass cheek. Mm-hmm. That changed some shit. You know, I'm not, I'm not 25. You know, I mean, I really have to start being careful, starting warm up those tendons and muscles and shit and and it's just uh it's making me a better lifter you know because i mean shit we're way more flexible i'm hitting depth better my shoulders are coming together better on the squat from stretching and shit you know like shit i should have started doing but and there's Mm -hmm. when with strength training there's a there's a fine line with that too you don't want to be too flexible you actually do have to have some type of tightness in your body uh to to have that additional strength but there's a fine line that's what happened with that chick. Uh, we spotted her on a squat, um, and she was going for her max, and she went down. And she's like, "Oh well, everyone tells me ass to grass." I'm like, "Yeah, but if you're competing, yeah, like I, I get training ass to grass, right? That's always good to do. But like, you just want three white lights, correct? You know, so fucking correct. hit depth and get back up because she was so low. She was seriously like a quarter of an inch from the ground." Mm-hmm. It, that flexibility, wow, that's amazing, but you're fucked. Yeah. How the hell are you going to get back up from yeah. there, you know? And, and actually, tomorrow I'll be squatting, and I'm going to have someone wrapping my knees because my last squats were way too deep. I've actually had my hip mobilities improve tremendously. Nice. Um, two years ago when I, I had to have cortisone shots in both hips, and uh, I could hardly squat. And now my hip mobility has improved so much that I'm actually burying my squats too far. And that could, you know, that's going to just cause issues, you know. So, so I know you're you're pretty old. Um, so, <laughs> so do you have both hips? Oh yes, everything everything on me is everything on me is real. Um, I am a I'm a firm believer in uh, you know not getting anything replaced. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I've had uh, somewhere around 14 broken bones Shit. from BMX bikes as a kid to dirt bikes, four wheelers. I raced motorcycles for many years. I raced all the way through to pro AMA 600 Super mm-hmm. Sport. Um, I've done all the crazy stuff, uh, and uh, you know the broken bones definitely uh, take a toll. And then you know many different muscle tears from from heavy lifting since as well. Probably about a, a dozen minor tears as well from lifting. Um, but everything's uh, real. I've never had any surgeries on anything besides appendix and hernias. Yeah. Other than that, I've never had any pieces of steel in me or anything. I've broken both bones and both wrists, and uh, that was a huge issue for quite a while. I think it takes a couple of years to get your grip strength even close to being back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but now my grip strength for being such a small-handed guy, I mean, I've still pulled over 700 pounds raw. So mm-hmm. Nice, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know that uh, tearing my bicep, trying to get grip in that arm at all was yeah. fucking insane. It, it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it mm-hmm. sucked. Yep. It, I mean, I'm just now starting to get it back. And still, even though my left hand was oh, it's always been weaker, it's still stronger than my right hand. Well, you take anything. So, if, like like I said, I had a small minor issue with the thumb. If you have a thumb issue or, or, a, or a finger or a wrist or a forearm or or a bicep or front of your deltoid, everything's all attached in for that grip. Right. So if you have any of those issues, your grip's going to be affected. So, you know, having grip strength is 
to me, it's a, it's a huge mental advantage as well. So if you're going to go, let's say you want to bench press 150-pound dumbbells. If you can't pick them up off the rack because your grip's not strong enough, I don't care if you're the strongest bencher in the world, you're going to have a hard time benching them because your grip strength is so weak. Right. You can't get them off the rack. Mm -hmm. Now, if you pick them up off the rack and they're easy to grip and grab, it's going to be a lot easier to bench press those because you've already won the beginning of the battle mentally. Right. You've already gripped it. And it's like, ah, this is nothing. Right? Right. Now, pressing them is two different things. It's two different muscles. You're not right. using the same muscles to pick them up off the rack as you are to bench press them. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? You're not using your pecs to pick them up <laughs> off the rack. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick, John's joined us now. <laughs> Sorry. He'll, he'll get his room room video done later. His yeah. little dance. But, um, yeah. So, we're, we're here still interviewing Craig. But, uh, all right, Craig. Let's hit it. Let, let's hit you. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, in a soft, beautiful way. All wow, right. That's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> You'd rather take the hard hit than something soft. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're going to hit me. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we're, I want to know who you are, what you are, what you did, um, that kind of shit. I mean, hit us with why this started. You sure. know what I mean? Why'd you sure. start lifting? Uh, you're saying. You threw out fucking BMX, biking, uh, I've done motorcycles, all. <laughs> all that shit. Like, yeah. let's hear it, man. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, so let's let's go back to when I was a kid riding BMX bikes. You know, we had a small small group of people that rode BMX bikes, you know, kind of like the skater crew, BMX biker crew, the jocks. Um, you know, I moved to a new town. I didn't fit in with any of these people. Um, you know, I started riding BMX bikes and everything and ramps and flatland and street and... Uh, well, we used to do a gym gym day uh, for, you know, phys ed class, and uh, I, I didn't want to go anywhere near the gym. I was the weak kid. I was scrawny. I mean, I was probably one of the smallest kids in my class. Maybe when I graduated, I weighed 130 pounds. Um, I was a stick figure, and as a kid, I you know broke bones riding BMX bikes as well. So I broke my ankle in three places my senior year, had a cast on to graduate, and, or just, just taken off to graduate. And... Um, when we went in the gym, I was, I was a weakling and I didn't like it. I was picked last in sports. And, you know, I also used to look up to uh, powerlifting magazines. I used to look at muscle mags. I used to see, you know, Ed Cohn on a magazine, Powerlifting USA, you know, here he is. And, you know, that shit always looked cool to me. I just wasn't that guy. You right. know, I was, I was just the opposite. And, you know, breaking all the bones and, and things like that, you know, I, I needed to do something. And I was told, you know, that I should, uh, you know, that I should start lifting weights or something. And the only thing that I ever did in school that was at all impressive was at one point in time, and I can't remember the weight if it was a couple hundred pounds or what it was, but I, there was a barbell sitting on the ground and all the cocky jock kids were like, oh, come pick this up because they wanted to make fun of the skinny little, mm -hmm. you know long-haired hippie guy so i'm like what the hell is that it's a deadlift what the hell is a deadlift i don't know right i don't know what a deadlift is you know at the time and uh like well, how do you do it and i grab it like this pick it up all right so i put of course their little flimsy little leather belt on back in the day which was made out of about the thickness of your notebook <laughs> paper and uh put that around my waist and i arched my back as horribly as possible oh, yeah. Yeah. and uh i lifted the weight and i actually locked it out and it was ugly, but I actually felt pretty impressed mm -hmm. with myself that I locked out the weight. Yeah. Again, I don't remember how much the weight was. It was a long time All ago. Right. All I know is it was probably the only day I actually had a little bit of pride yeah. in, the, in the weight room. I couldn't bench press 95 pounds. 
Right. I couldn't even bench press my body weight even close. So when I was told, hey, you're going to get arthritis in all your joints from broken bones, from doing the BMXing and everything. And my grandparents used to complain about arthritis all the time. I said, oh, shit, I'm going to get this nasty arthritis mm -hmm. thing. I don't know what the hell arthritis is. So what do I do? I'll start working out or something. So I was in a small town called Peru, New York, New York State. And there was this place called Durgan's Dungeon. It was literally, the guy's name was Bob Durgan. And, you know, he was an old lifter, old school lifter. And I walked in there and they were all monstrous, monstrous men in there. And they were moving some absolutely stupid amounts of weight. And they were bodybuilders. They were just strength athletes. The place was grungy, dirty, loud with heavy metal music. And I loved that part. Yeah, that part fit me right off. Um, and the owner was awesome. Um, I was again scrawny little guy. I had no muscle, but the muscle started to come, and I started to feel better about myself. And the biggest thing is, in in that type of atmosphere, these guys that were bench pressing three seventy five, four hundred pounds on incline for reps, literally took me under their wing and actually treated me like a human being, like one of them. Yeah. And I wasn't shit in compared to those guys. Yeah. You know, if I went into a commercial gym, I wouldn't have been treated anywhere near the mm -hmm. same thing. And I, and I wouldn't have liked it. I don't want to listen to Mariah Carey while I'm lifting. <laughs> yeah. no, I want to listen to something <laughs> upbeat and, and motivating and metal. So I think, you know, they used to do like uh, these traveling strongman events. They used to come and lift crazy amounts of weight with one finger. This guy came in, his fingers were all jacked up and broken, and he kept he broke every finger like six times. And he would lift like hundreds of pounds with one finger. Mm -hmm. I mean, all these, like, you know the old school you'll see with the crazy singlets on and doing the circus yeah, dumbbells? Yeah. And these guys would travel around and do that stuff, and we used to, you know, they'd come and watch that, and they would uh, we would all get together for, like, NFL football parties and things like that. It was just a very, like, I was actually part of something for the first time in my life. I was never part of a team. I never joined any sports. I was never really picked, like I said, picked to be part of a team in, in any type of gym sport. So I think that's where the whole, you know, starting this gym came from, is the, the atmosphere, the type of gym, the type of facility, and the type of people that it breeds, it breeds really good people. No one cares what color you are, what race you are. I mean, if you're gay or straight, if you're anything, it does not matter in this type of gym. Mm -hmm. If you're a lifter, you're a lifter. Right. If you're a great lifter, you're a great lifter. If you're a beginner lifter, you're a beginner lifter that we want to help become a great lifter. Right. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. what level you're at. Like, it doesn't matter if you're fat, if you're skinny, if you're shaped like a freaking pear. It doesn't matter. No one cares. They just care that you're there to better yourself and get stronger, get more fit, whatever, and we're going to help you. That's what we do. And, um, you know, sp speed up years later, um, I did BMX bikes. I did uh, dirt bikes and four-wheelers a little bit. I raced road raced motorcycles on asphalt for about five years. I raced professionally. Uh, in Daytona, 2004 or five, something like that. Damn. Um, then I got into bodybuilding, uh, did all natural bodybuilding for eight years, did 17 all natural shows, had two natural pro cards. In 2013, I got the two pro cards and I felt like crap. I literally just, 
you know, in all the years of competing, I, I ended up weighing 158 and a half pounds on stage after all those years of training. So my body didn't react extremely quickly to anything. Um, however, I, I looked good. I just didn't have that much muscle. So, you know, I had always had people trying to give me, you know, different Bad products, products, which <laughs> I didn't, which I didn't take, you know. Um, but at that point, you know, um, I was feeling like crap by one o'clock in the afternoon. I said, you know, I went to my doctor. I said, I, I feel like crap. I feel like I have nothing in me by one o'clock in the afternoon. Well, do you have any sexual problems? I said, no, I feel like crap. Mm -hmm. I just, right. I need energy. I need something. I said, I, from what I gathered and doing, you know, uh, looking on Google or searching, whatever, I feel like my test levels are low. You know, so that I was I was put on TRT after getting tested and having half the minimum test level. Oh, damn. So at that point, I had to make a decision. I said, I can't uh, be a natural bodybuilder any longer mm -hmm. because you can't even be on a TRT uh, when oh, you're really? a natural you're, bodybuilder. Okay. Yeah. So, so I decided, I said, hey, I always like to lift heavy. I was never mm -hmm. great, but I was always pretty good. So I started doing powerlifting. And from the first competition I did, I set records. I did a 605-pound deadlift, which was a New York State record uh, in the uh, RPS category in, uh, in New York. And I have records from New York all the way back from 2015. I have uh, quite a few records still that haven't been broken. Nice. I've been there for six years, and yeah. I wasn't anywhere near as strong then as I am now. Mm -hmm. um, so when I moved from uh, upstate New York over to Rochester, uh, you know, I started competing there in 2014. And then I moved to... Uh, to Phoenix, Arizona, in 2015. I was there for a few years, and uh, then I met my wife, uh, who's from Vancouver, and then uh, started traveling back and forth. Uh, at that point, I was going to a gym called Golden Age Iron, and that gym was kind of slow. Had uh, needed a training partner, so I posted a uh, a thing on the Facebook page and looking for a training partner. And this young kid showed up pretty scrawny kind of like kind of like I was <laughs> kind of like you were right. like, kind of like I was and I <laughs> I kind of went whoo boy you know when I first saw him and I said man I don't know I don't know about this but I'm like we give him a chance right just he like, showed up just like everybody yeah. gave me a chance you know so I gave him a chance you know he was uh maybe 175 pounds at the time and now he's 210 three years later nice. and his numbers are being pretty darn competitive to where you know, where I am, mm -hmm. he's getting there. Wow. So he absolutely made a huge transformation. So he got married a few months back and his whole family was knew about me and said, you know, the positive things that I've done for him mm -hmm. um, by being there for him and training with him and everything. And that makes me feel amazing. You know, yeah. what you can do to not only change your life, but change somebody else's life. So now it's getting to the point in my career where, you know, things are getting harder and harder from my body standpoint. And, you know, I'm just trying to train as many people as I can and help them to, uh, to, to succeed. So when, when Golden Age Iron had some kind of internal issues, as yeah. some people know, um, they uh, kind of weren't making everyone the happiest. And I said, well, maybe I can open up a gym again. So, because I did own a gym in New York for a few years. And uh, didn't take too long. Next thing you know, we were opening up a facility. And obviously, I wanted to open up the kind of facility that 
I started at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, and it isn't, and never will be as grungy, uh, mm-hmm. which is fine, you know. That it, and I, I have no problem with the fact that that gym was with the way it was because that gym built me, made me, made me what I am today. Right. Um, but I, you know, I want to have a strength training facility with all the toys uh, that we have and still be a, a clean, you know, organized gym. You know, when we first opened, we were 3,300 square feet. We were mostly strongman and powerlifters. Um, and that, unfortunately, you know, there's just not that many of them in this area to really grow. Um, so when the entire COVID thing happened, right before the COVID thing happened, we decided to expand. And, excuse me, it was scary because we opened up to 7,000 square feet and then we had to close yeah. for a month. And uh, then we said screw it and we reopened as soon as the renovations were done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and uh we haven't closed since we've been open mm-hmm. through the whole time through this whole covid crap right. and um, since, the, since the covid and everything have you gotten a lot i assume because every other gym is closed you, yeah you're going to start getting this fluctuance of all these people trying to come in now well we did have we, we've continued to have a, a pretty good influx of new people mm-hmm. you know for some people it's a temporary home mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's not the type of facility for everyone, right? Um, you know, uh, we we do play heavy metal music. We are a uh, a loud bunch, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But we're very helpful and very friendly people, and people don't understand that. But it is a little intimidating it, when you see mm-hmm. people picking up four or five hundred pounds. Absolutely, and you know? and I get people that are say that immediately when they come in the gym. I've had people say the logo is intimidating. I said, well, it's kind of meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is. It's kind of meant to be. We're not looking for the soft mm-hmm. athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking for the hard athletes. We're looking mm-hmm. for the people who, who, who want to, uh, you know, produce. They want to get in there. They don't want to sit on a machine and pull a pin, and yeah. uh, just sit on there on their cell phone for twenty minutes till the next set. Right. You know, you know, when you see people in our gym, they're if they're on their phone, it's because they're they got they got minutes between their their you know their heavy yeah. sets. That's or, the only time we're, doing we're checking math. our next yeah. math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We won't talk math. about the math on your guys' deadlifts sometimes. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Uh, right. Hey, I tell me, I, I, almost every day I add up somebody's plates and their adding was wrong. So it's, Shit. it's okay. Happens yeah. every day. It's hard, man. It's uh, it's definitely difficult, especially like percentage wise and all that other bullshit. I'm like, yeah. dude, I'm just gonna use the fucking calculator. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they do make some good apps, uh, you know, for the conversions and the kilos and all the different things. But the nice part is, is that we have all of the types of equipment, all the the perfect equipment to be able to train. No matter what you're trying to do, if you got a weakness, if you have a tore muscle, if you have something that's just ailing you, you can work around it with this gym. Right. You know, the idea yeah. of the gym is there is no weak area that you can't fix. Right. You know, there are powerlifting gyms that I've seen all over the country. The problem is, is they're powerlifting gyms. They have the main powerlifting equipment. They have the squat. They have the bench. They have the deadlift. Problem is, is you can't just do that. Right. You know, there are a lot of other accessory exercises required to be strong. Myself, I did bodybuilding for many years. You know, I got a pretty good amount of muscle everywhere. There's not a lot of gaps. However, you know, eventually you still need to do hypertrophic work to build right. more muscle. You can make your muscle so dense, but you ran out of muscle. You got to build more. Right. So you build more muscle, you make that muscle dense. Um, you know, you need those different things. We have things like the bamboo bars, you know, to build stabilization. Uh, we have a 72 year old gentleman in there now. And he, he, first of all, he says he couldn't stand the music when he first started. Uh Now he can't lift without it. 
Uh-huh, there you go. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's like, I, I, I got to have it now. And he's like, it's great. And, you know, he, uh, he had a buddy of his that was there, decided to leave. He decided to stay. They kind of joined almost together. He decided to stay. He really liked the facility, the different types of stuff we offer that he just can't get. And he's a member of multiple gyms. And he st- I, I actually showed him the bamboo bar one day, and he is just absolutely in love with it. He's now benching 275 pounds at 72 years old. Jesus. 72 years old. This is his all-time best, and he's 72. And he's had both shoulder surgeries. So now that bamboo bar is allowing him to train those shoulders with a lot less weight than he would normally train them with. And he's able to get all that stabilization, all that muscle working without using so much weight and so much pain. You know, And now his strength's gone up. He uses it almost every single time he's in the gym. He uses the bamboo bar. And he does all sorts of crazy stuff in there. Well, he loves we, it. We have that for deload week. We have a, a bamboo bar press, mm-hmm. yep. the the bench, and it shit. Oh. This week we finally got because you know when you start with the bamboo bar and you have to figure out what's enough weight to make you shake. Sure. Versus, but we still want good reps, right? So we're still we were still trying to figure it out. We we figured it out this week. And so we're up there just fucking shaking and trying to... And the faster you go, the more fucked you are because it's bouncing and shit. And we got rubber bands on and it. And of like, course, if you're using heavier kettlebells and you put them all the way towards the end, it's right. going to give you more. Right. You know, so that's that's the one thing. You can put a... If you put a 30 here and a 10 out here or the other way around, it's completely different. Right. Yeah. So you put that heavier one towards the outside. We use about 120 pounds when my partner and I do it. About 120 pounds, and I go as slow as I can, and I try to control every movement. And what that does is it creates tightness and tension in everything in my upper body. Mm-hmm. I get done doing three to five reps, a couple sets, and every muscle in my upper body yeah. is, yeah. is used. And it's only 120 pounds, yeah. and I bench a little over four. So that's not a lot of weight in comparison. Right. Yeah, but it, it does. It shakes it does the heck out of you. <laughs> you got to wear a mouth guard so your teeth don't shut. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, and it's funny to, I love uh, introducing people to it mm-hmm. because they look at you with like, yeah, maybe 120 pounds on it, shaking and shit. And they're like, what the fuck? And then they pull it off the bar and it's like not just shaking, it's swinging because they have no idea how to fucking hold this thing. Yeah. And they start trying to press it and like, you, just, yeah, like you're, you're standing there trying to make sure they don't die. They're about ready to drop it. Right. <laughs> and it, it's just, it, it's amazing. I mean, the amount of shit you guys, you have in there. Exactly. Right? I mean, so that was one of the biggest things I, I had when I came into your gym. Um, I actually helped start Golden Age Iron, mm-hmm. which pissed me the fuck off that Ian was such a piece of shit about it. And I don't have to... We don't have to have you talk anything about him, right? I mean, business is business. But um, me personally, I was very butthurt. Um, as soon as he started getting a few big names in there and all that other bullshit, he really changed into just trying to chase money. And it sucks because there isn't a ton of money in this sport and in this industry. I mean, there can be if you do it the wrong way. You know what I mean? But I feel like if you're doing it the right way, there's longevity. And I want to help build this entire community, right? So the point of that is you got to have people who love it. Teach them how to love it like, like these guys taught you. Right, scrawny little guy. Bring yeah. those guys in. Teach them how to be strong. You know how intoxicating being strong is? Absolutely. Being able to pick something up with one hand that somebody has to throw over their fucking shoulder? You know what I mean? Like, it's nuts. Yeah. And um, 
I come into your gym because uh, I was recommended. Uh, Joe recommended me in there. I've known him for fucking ever. We went to high school for, together for a little bit, and uh, I'm still sad he sumo squats the fuck out of everything. But <laughs> it's okay. He also has the mobility for it. We don't. Right, right, and it, <laughs> dude, just to see who he, Louie. You remember Louie, right? Mm-hmm. That kid was a stick figure in high school. Little skater, BMX kid. It's almost there the same go. story exactly. as you. And he is fucking huge now. Mm-hmm. And then he teaches Joe how to lift. Joe's still using him as a coach. And Joe is, what, he pulled like almost 400 fucking pounds? He pulls almost, he's almost gotten to five. That's his Damn, goal. Damn. That's fucking amazing. Stick figure. He was just a skater. Mm-hmm. That's all he ever did. And he was phenomenal, by the way. He's still pretty fucking good, but... Um, I come into this gym, I see these guys, it's a beautiful facility. First thing I think when I walk in is shit, is this going to be like a fucking golds or something? I see a lot of machines, all this other shit. I want a powerlifting gym, right? And then I talk to you, it's just a passion, man. We're walking around, you're pointing out shit that makes so much sense, right? Oh, we got this for this and this is for that. And, and it just, you could see that you knew what the fuck you were talking about. Right, and one of my biggest things I tell everybody is, yes, it, it may be a little expensive, right, for some people if you think about it. But that's only because some people are charging thirty dollars for these commercial fucking gyms. Mm-hmm. That's but, because they have thousands of members that don't show up. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. Um, but I, I said, dude, this is the facility I want to train at. This has got everything I fucking need, everything I want. Right, I can't think of a single thing that I've thought about. Hey, I wish you had this. Because you probably already fucking bought it and put it in the corner and told everybody about it. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the way it is. And I was like, okay, if Brian Shaw was an hour away and I had the chance to train with Brian Shaw every fucking day, I'd drive it an hour Mm -hmm. every fucking day to train with Brian Shaw. So why wouldn't I drive 25 fucking minutes, 20 minutes or whatever to the gym? Because it is on the other side of town for me. And then... Get it's a little more expensive than most of the other fucking gyms, but it's where I want to be. It's got it's the best facility. It's got the people I want to train with at it. You know what I mean? It's just you're gonna get better. Like these guys have gotten better, right? Because they're lifting with people who lift, right? I mean, me and Marcin been lifting together for a couple of years, and it's a lot easier to become better when you've got people around you that are that are trying to do the same shit you're doing. Absolutely. And, and and this gym is phenomenal. I don't know how many times I've seen somebody. I love stopping and making it obvious that I'm watching someone lift this heavy weight, right? Because it is kind of cool when you got somebody watching you pick up something heavy and you're trying for it, right? Just and a you go extra like, push. And you're like, good fucking job, dude. Yeah. Like everybody in the gym is fucking stoked. Oh, yeah. You pick that up. stop and start clubbing at you, yeah. you know, or encouraging yeah. you. That's, That's why we like. do our Saturday morning little meetups. It's a little powerlifting meetup. We start about 7, 30, 8 o'clock in the morning. And we'll sometimes get 15 people in there uh, doing powerlifting. Um, no one's really... Sometimes I'll, I'll train a client or two at that time. But most of the time, we're just helping each other. Yeah. Um, you know, we're giving each other support. We're helping you with your lift. We're doing little pointers. And it's a great atmosphere um, that anyone can come in who's a member uh, that wants to just come in and lift and have that little extra push that a lot of times they might not have. You know, right. So if you're in there maybe uh, the middle of the day during a slower time of the day where there's not as many people or not as many people lifting heavy, um, maybe it'll help you get to that next level. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, I mean, just yeah. the amount of experience you have, right? You've been doing this for fucking ever. Yep. 
and then now you got 15 fucking people who are doing it. Everybody's got these, gonna have these little tweaks or something that might help you. Because, I mean, there's some stuff in here that I'm trying to help these guys with, and I don't fucking know. Because I don't deal with that problem. You know, it's not something I have dealt with. One of the big things I'm dealing with right now is uh, I got a pretty damn good squat last max week, and I'm watching this video over and over and over and over again. Because it was kind of funny, I almost fucking passed out at the top. Uh, but I got some bad knee cave. Really bad knee cave right at the bottom when I go to push. And so I got to work that fucking good girl, bad girl machine. You know what I mean? It's like, not just that. It's typically just getting your hips in a more open position. Once your hips are locked in that open position, they can't cave. Okay. So if you ever, if you watch a squat that I did a couple months ago where my adductor popped, yeah. I was, I was, I was uh, doing a high box squat, getting used to some weight. It was a little over 600 pounds. And as I came down, my adductor popped. Something was out of line and just popped. So my knee... You know, kind of shook back and forth, went outward a little bit, never never came in, which is what would have happened if my hips weren't locked open. So, mm. you know, that would have been, could have been a completely devastating injury. Right. Um, I could have just went down yeah. with 600 pounds on my back. Luckily, I held the weight, didn't drop, had the spotters grab the bar, and we lifted it up. Never, the bar never dropped after my, my adductor popped. So knowing that the injury would have been greater if I continued yeah. to go down, you know, and then they would have had to get it off of a stop position, me sitting on a box. Yeah. Uh, I just held the weight, waited for the spotters to grab it, and then helped them get it up. Yeah. Um, so basically, by, by getting those uh, hips open and kind of locked position, and I can teach you how to do that, um, that'll save you and prevent you from doing that. Yeah. yeah. And it can even happen during deadlifts where your knees start to kind of come in. And just that little change in your foot position, toes pointing out a little more, a little bit of, of hip lock, you know, that can help you. <clears throat> That's cool. Yeah. See, I mean, just a little shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is the things that I can see someone do and within minutes or seconds improve their lift. Right. I mean, I had yeah. a guy I started with, he was six inches high in his squats. Within 25 minutes, he was parallel and squatting the weight that he was maxing at six inches above all the way down. I have people that had done a meet within 15 minutes. They're now doing 25 more pounds than they did at the meet, you know, what they PR mm -hmm. with. I, I mean, it happens all the time. And it's just from tiny little tweaks and things that you don't know that you can help you. Well, and that, that's, and that's the shit. You're not going to get that at fucking gold. Absolutely You're not going to get that at, yep. at 24, <laughs> man. I mean, people yeah. who are really doing it, really lifting. And the, I feel like the biggest difference in there is if someone comes up and is like, it's always it's always funny to look around for somebody who's looking for a spot. You know what I mean? They're like trying to make eye contact. They're looking around all wide-eyed. And uh, the thing is, people feel more comfortable in our gym. Even even though it's a lot more weight, the guys are bigger, uh, it's a lot more intimidating, but they know that we're more likely. Like if I see someone looking around, I'll go out of my way and be like, hey, you need a spot, bro? Like Absolutely. you good? Like, we always want to help each other out. And it's, it's fucking phenomenal. The I thing mean, is, we've all been there, right? Yeah, we've yeah. all been in that position. I and mean, yeah. if you haven't, then you haven't been lifting that long. Because we're <laughs> all going to be in that position where you're trying to do, let's say you're trying to do a 300-pound bench, and the most you've ever done is 290. You don't want to do that 300 without a spot. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're 90% you're sure you can do it or not. You don't want that thing to have to come down at you again. You don't, we don't want to be in that position. Even though we have safeties on every one of our benches, it's the safest mm -hmm. place in, in the area to, to lift. There's $3,000 in safeties on our equipment. Yeah. So basically, you know, you want that little extra just 
in the mental, you're like, oh, well, I got a guy there, so mm-hmm. I can just give it everything I got. Right. Well, sometimes you don't actually give it as much when you don't have a spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're nervous. You're, nervous. you're scared of it. And I, you know, I did it at, I did it at Golden Age Iron. I had um, a 429 light reverse band bench. And I took it off. I set the safeties up because uh, it's the only place I could do it. Set the safeties up on the on the rack and took it off, benched it, put it away. And I said, well, that was too light. So what am I going to do now? So I'll go to 452. Well, there's not anyone in sight. No one in the gym. I'm waiting for somebody. I don't care if he's 85 years old. I need a spot. Nobody came in. I said, well, I'm going to do a reverse band 450 something by myself. Shit. So I negatived it down, expecting it to start coming off my chest at any time. Didn't get easier. Barely got it off my chest, racked it on the safeties, it got out and said, oh shit, I forgot to put the bands on. <laughs> oh shit. I negative the whole weight with no bands on there. So God yeah, that's, a, that's the last time I'll make that mistake. Right. <laughs> but again, I, I set the safeties up so I knew mm-hmm. that if I weren't, yeah. you know, I did not get it, I was fine. But right. you know, if I had the bands on there, I would have been a little more positive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have right. gotten it. Um, well, and the, the thing the spot is, makes too, a huge difference. We we always do. Um, I always tell these guys like, if you're if you're going back up and you're not going to get it all the way, we still make each other work for the end of that. Yep. You know what I mean? You you still want that that full rep. It depends. I think again where you're at in your training. Okay. Okay. So if you're a bodybuilder and you're doing ten reps, working out uh, a little push on the ninth and tenth rep is not a big deal. If you're a person going for a two or three rep max and you're using a really, really heavy weight and you're struggling halfway up, it could cause injury to try to push that really hard. Okay. Okay. So we want to make sure that you're at least you're safe, you know, mm-hmm. that little bit of help just so you can push through it. I mean, typically myself, uh, I'll yell, grab it immediately. Yeah. If I know that I'm not going to try to push through this rep, like if I feel any slight, slight tweaks or something just doesn't quite feel right or if I miss groove, anything like that, I yell grab it. That way I don't have to push 100% because mm-hmm. that could be an injury waiting to happen. Okay. So mm-hmm. kind of think about that. So if you're going for a one rep max, there's no real sense on struggling to try to push this one rep max if it's just not there. Yeah. Okay. You could hurt yourself. It'd be better off to go back down to triples and work your weight and get stronger. All right. That's pretty Shit. cool. Shit. All right. There you <laughs> go. Way, what what yeah. sense is it to get injured? Over a, just a, uh, you know, a one rep max. What, what sense is that? What sense does right. that make? Right. And I don't think we ever do that shit on like a one rep. No. Yeah. It's usually on like our fives week or three yeah. week or something. Yeah. You know, and, and let's say you did uh, three sets of five already and it's your fourth set and that's all you had to do and you struggled on rep four and five. That's fine. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah, that's usually Because that's, doing. that's you know, you're, you're trying to build that, that strength. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get, typically get hurt right. there because you've already done it. Right, and, and the plan is usually just to put enough pressure on it to where you can yeah. get it up. You yeah, know, and, lifts up. And when it comes to yeah. strength training, there's, there's you know, especially if, if you're going to train for a one rep max, let's say you're doing a one rep max for strongman or powerlifting, there's a limit to how many singles you should be doing. Like, you, you shouldn't do singles all the time. You, sh- right. you should do them. But a lot of people think you shouldn't do singles, and I disagree. If you're if you're a bodybuilder and you bench 315, so let's say you know uh, you know you can bench 315, you can bench 315. You're a powerlifter, you're a bodybuilder. If you both can bench that for 10, your one rep max is way higher than yours because you know how to bench one rep. You don't. You're mm-hmm. a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't train yeah, your no body mm-hmm. to be ready for one rep. Okay. You may not know the techniques. 
You may know the techniques, but you may not use them because you're training for bodybuilding. It's two, it's two different things. Your strength is there for 315 for 10, and your strength is there for 315 for 10. But your one rep max might be 405, and your one rep max might be 375. But doing your one rep max is more dangerous mm -hmm. than you because your body is ready for it. Right. It knows what one rep feels like and how to get tight and how to get locked in and when to stop and say, hey, grab it. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, your body's like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I'm not used to this kind of weight. This feels heavy as shit, all right? So you got to know who you're dealing with, what you're dealing with, right? Yeah. Two different people. But training with one rep maxes gets your body used to handling one rep maxes. Even if it's, you know, today it's your one rep max, tomorrow it may be what you're doing for triples or, you know, right. in, in three months. So, That's an amazing feeling, too. Yeah. So, uh, and I have a lot of my clients right now doing some singles because we're, you know, we're May 8th is our next powerlifting meet. So some of my clients are doing singles right now and then they go back down to doubles or triples afterwards, getting their body used to, accustomed to handling a little more weight that they're used to, you know, and they're all doing great. They're all doing PRs right now. Is that the PR they're going to hit in a meet? Hell no. They're going to do more than that. Yeah. yeah. But they're, they're used to it now. Yeah. You know? They're getting used to it. And most of them are all like, holy shit, I can't believe how strong I am. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. you're following the training. Yeah. And your yeah. body is adapting and is getting stronger. It's insane to actually see what the human body can do. And Absolutely. a lot of people don't even understand it. I mean, I always use the <clears throat> that old, if a, if a woman's baby was under a car, she could flip that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Adrenaline is can be massive. Right, right. Just massive. but just saying like You've heard that stories, is right? physically possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's and it's kind of insane to think that well, if she could do that, what if she was like like we are, right? Yeah. Like we fucking train to lift heavy as shit. That flip would be a lot easier, right. and it'd be a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, and we throw that event in the next strongman. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think I've seen that. Yeah. They have like that shitty like flattened so, car. Think about yeah. that. Think about that. You have you have adrenaline that goes into play, right? And what do you, what else do you have? You have every single muscle in your body working as one. Right. So what do I say when I teach a lift? Bench press is not your pecs and your triceps. It is your back. It is your shoulders. You know, it is your legs. It is your, to drive everything. You mean every muscle in your body is pushing that bar up. If you're sore and you get cramps in your legs and your ass and your your hamstrings and your calves and whatever when you're benching, then you're doing it right. Shit. You're using <laughs> you're using all of the muscles to move the weight. When that person goes to move that vehicle off of their baby, they're not thinking. They're right. moving every freaking muscle mm -hmm. they can to move that vehicle off that baby. Right. Right. Everything. Yeah. And it's done without them thinking about it. Right. So what I have to train people is, because they can't do that, they don't have that same adrenaline spark that that person has, is how to get those muscles to all fire. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's tough, man, because I know my bench is garbage. It always has been, and... I'd like to change that, you know, eventually, but... Luckily, like, it's not in any strongman event. Right. That, that, yeah. That's what I always <laughs> say. Yeah. I always say, I don't give a shit. I mean, we don't... Strongmen don't bench that often. Uh, I've Although seen, Brian Shaw, your hero, has been benching a little more. Has he? Yeah, yeah. he has. God yeah. damn it, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, so at the same time, like, I could pick my feet up, and I could Larson press the same amount on my one rep max than So what does that normal. tell you? 
that I don't fucking use mm-hmm. my legs. Exactly. Yeah, right. that's when I knew that. Yeah. You know, I the thing is, everybody's like, uh, what was it? Someone was with, lifting with us the other day, and he's like, digging your heels. I'm like, I don't fucking know how. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you can yell at me to use my legs all I, all you want, but I don't fucking know how to do that. Like, I can try. tuck in pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Top-wise and all that other shit, and I'm starting to actually feel it in my back actually it was an Ed Cohen video that changed how I tuck in because mm-hmm. it was before I would try and tuck in like almost sideways like tuck in my lats behind it but you want I your lats this. to flare out you want your scapulas to retract yes that <laughs> well, what he had said was he's like put this shoulder in, that in pocket. this pocket yes. yeah yes. so that and yeah. when I did that putting them in diagonally yeah. I actually had a bit of an arch I actually felt okay. completely in and I was able to use my back mm-hmm. to yeah. help Your back. lats should be sore the next day after benching heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Help me yeah. in. You so it was day. weird. But I mean, yeah. then again, <clears throat> that's where I'm at. Like I can use my arms, my chest, and my back now for for bench. Mm-hmm. Legs, still. I, legs I'm sure I could lift those fuckers off the ground as long as my ass was on. Well, I mean, Ed Cohen didn't use much for legs because <clears throat> he had such short legs. He had a hard time reaching the ground all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but he still benched about 560 pounds, oh, so Jesus. there's no excuses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just keep getting fucking stronger, <laughs> right? Um, and then if you teach you how to use your legs, then you'd just be really strong. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. You know, I'd, I'd love to learn how to really fucking do that. Right. But And I think that's probably been the biggest improvements for me over the last probably a couple of years has just been continually, continually perfecting the technique yeah. to the point where you're not even thinking about it and it's working. You know, last year when I trained with a, quite a bit without pausing, my pause reps actually weren't as good. And I didn't like that. Um, I actually liked the feeling of pausing, controlling the weight on the way down, using my lats actually as a spring. So I use my lats, my triceps against my lats to actually spring the weight up. So when I come down under control, I can actually get a better spring off the bottom. So I actually feel like my power off the bottom is faster, even though I'm pausing. It's crazy. Um, But uh, it's amazing. You can control the weight, come down, and then just get that little spring off the bottom. And it just feels, it feels easier on my body as well, because I'm not bouncing the weight or anything like that, especially with my both shoulders killing me right now. So, yeah. Yeah. You want a massage? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Anyways. um, Yeah, man, it's, some of these things you do need to actually be trained on. You know what I mean? Uh, You can watch as many YouTube videos on how to fucking bench ride as you want, which, not saying it's not going to help doing your research and trying to figure that shit out, but little shit like that. Put this shoulder in that pocket. And no one's watching you, so no one can... If no one's seeing what you're doing... No one can make adjustments unless you can actually see what you're doing yourself. And a lot of times, seeing what you're doing yourself is impossible. Right. You just can't, you can't fix yourself as much as someone else can help you fix yourself. Well, and so I'm the, the part that I find a little hard, especially because we got a couple dudes lifting with us, but everyone's a little bit newer than I am, right? And Martin's super nice, right? <laughs> so he's probably got the most experience uh, right after me, but at the same time, it's, it's, uh, I can't correct shit I can't see, right? So, like, we figured out that, like, my, when I go to start benching, if it gets too heavy, my elbows just flare right out and it's straight shoulders, right? Like, it's just, it, and it fucks me up. I also don't, I stopped unlocking. So, like, I'm, I'm doing the same thing you do and I'm negating that shit down and it sucks because I have no, I have nothing left for up top because I don't know how to do that springboard shit. But um, it's hard because I don't have a lot of, uh, like, they wouldn't be able to tell me something's wrong. 
You know what I mean? That I'm doing. So I have to like videotape that shit. Most of my most of my clients are at the point now where they can tell me what they did wrong before I even tell them. Yeah. Because they've done it enough times to be like, oh, well, that, that sucked because of this. You know, I'll do it better next time. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're right. Sounds good. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> because because they, they can, I mean, the thing is, is you can only watch so many parts of a person's body moving, especially during bench. You know, simultaneously, you're sitting there trying to spot them and you're trying to watch every single thing at the same time. It's very difficult. And a lot of times that's why I actually will film my warm up sets. I film my warm up sets because, you know, and I always discuss this with everyone and explain it. Um, You know, if you're going to do a one rep max, let's say it takes five warm up sets to get to your one rep max. If your first warm up set is a perfect 100% technique. And by your third warm-up set, it's down to 85%. Fourth warm-up set, it's down to 80 Fifth warm-up set, your technique's down to 75%. What do you think that max is going to attempt is going to look like? Like shit. It's going to look like shit. Yeah. It's probably going to feel like shit. Yeah. So if your warm-up sets are dead on money, perfect technique, right, that max attempt has a hell of a lot better chance of being... 90 plus percent that's a real good point okay so take your time you know it, granted you don't want to do too much so let's say your max is 315 bench you don't want to sit there and do 245 for sets of five right. you know, wear yourself the hell mm-hmm. out right so you want to get to 245 and you want to do a single all right maybe 280 for a single before you get to your 315 attempt but if that 245 just didn't feel right do that one again just a single though don't yeah. don't don't try to do it for a bunch of reps. Don't wear yourself out. Just lock in your form, get it right, and then go up and wait. Yeah, I've noticed the longer mm-hmm. I lift, that the more form is seriously like lit those little tweaks, just little things that can take you from getting a PR or getting hurt. Absolutely, and it, it's it's insane because the mm-hmm. body is absolutely magnificent, but there's so many ways you can fuck yourself up. And it, little shit by not stretching or by this ankle was turned a little too much, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, when you step back, you didn't step back far enough. And now, yeah, the little shit. Like, I mean, I wear a singlet on all my big days, uh, deadlift and, and squat. Glad I'm not there to see that. No, you know, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll videotape. <laughs> well, it's under my clothes. No one really even knows I wear it that often. Um, but it's, it's one of those little things that it takes another thing out of my mind. Now my ass crack isn't hanging out. You know what I mean? Like... It's sometimes it's just little things that, that help all your lips. And you would figure out most of the time, everyone's different. You know, some things that are going to bother other people aren't going to bother some. And then some people do different things for a living. This guy's twisting fucking air gas all day. You know what I mean? His hand strength and, and other shit like that are going to be different than mine. Uh, it's just, it's, it's insane to know that every human being is completely different. Absolutely. But we all have so much fucking potential. It's fucking amazing. It really is. Yeah, you can take someone uh, like myself, who was absolutely the weakest kid in my class, and you know now I'm ranked ninth in the world at uh, 90 kilos for every single power lift that it's ever competed at my age and weight class, and I'm ranked you know top 20 at uh, the 100 kilo class. Um, You know that's why we're right now I'm prepping for USPA nationals, uh, which is uh, first week of June. So this will probably be my first or my last elite level competition for powerlifting, and then I'm just going to be doing a little more playing, a little more trying to get the body a little more mobile again. Um, but uh, I'll tell you, it's been it's been super difficult. It's been super difficult because I've been training less and less and less. Now, right now, I'm not going to get a lot stronger than I've ever been. I'm just trying to get back and peak to where I've been before. 
So I've never had a meet where I could get all three lifts at 100%. You know, usually it's maybe two, maybe one, <laughs> maybe one. I think so, that's pretty normal though, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think when you're, when you're an elite level athlete, um, it's definitely harder when you're an older athlete. And, you know, there's always something ailing you. It's, it's even worse. That's why, you know, you get a lot of older people, they become, um, you know, multiply or single ply lifters because something's ailing them and that suit really helps protect them. Uh, so they're able to continue to lift a lot longer with, with the suits. Um, or they do single lift. You know, there's, there's people that just do bench only or deadlift only at competitions. Um, I think you'll find that the, it seems to be majority of the older lifters, you know, kind of start to despise the squat more and more because it's kind of where more of the injuries do come from. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, there's a little more movement in the squat. Granted, they still, they'll see people say the deadlift is the, you know, the premier lift. Um, but I think there's a little more risk of injury in a squat than any other lift. I've had, uh, I think about four different adductor tears from squatting. Jeez. I've had hamstring glute tie-in tear from squatting. So, yeah, I think the biggest difference on that one is deadlift. You get fucked up, you drop it, you're done. Yeah, you know, squat. You still got to rack that shit. <laughs> you still have the weight on your back. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's another thing too. So, uh, you know, and I talk to this with all my clients as well. So, why is a deadlift called a deadlift? Because it's dead weight. Exactly. Yeah. It's dead weight. Okay. And and how much of that weight do you feel before you lift the bar? Yeah, none of it. None. Yeah. And that's the reason why we do what we call preloading the bar. And we try to get tension on the bar onto our body before we start to pull the bar. Especially if we're using a deadlift bar that has flex. Without that, the bar can actually spring back down as you get it, try to get it off the ground. It can actually spring you back towards the ground. So when you have a squat and you got 300 pounds in the bar and you walk out the squat, you have 300 pounds on your back. You can feel the weight. You can tighten up to get used to the weight because the weight's on you, right? When you have a bench press and you unrack the weight and there's 300 pounds on the bar, you have the weight on you. Again, you can tighten up to counteract the weight on the bar. On a deadlift, there's 300 pounds sitting on the floor. It's not on you, it's on the floor. All right. That's why it takes so much more effort and mental fortitude to get into that because you can't feel the freaking weight. That's crazy, I haven't thought about it's that at all. dead mm -hmm. weight on the floor so you really got to prep your body you got to prep your body or prep your mind it's the biggest <clears throat> mental lift out of all mm -hmm. i love it it's my favorite oh, yeah. yeah that's something that's, that's what happened to me favorite. a couple a couple years ago when i was trying to go for like right before 500 the first time and then i failed because i just got in my head and i dropped down to 400 and i could barely pick up 400 again that yeah, time. it was it was it was sad dude because it, it was just all mental oh yeah mental or it <laughs> yeah. could have been that you fried your central nervous system on an attempt Maybe. Yeah, because I got it up to like right below my knees and I'm just yeah, that was sitting there and I'm like, oh, push, put it yeah, down. Man. Yeah, yeah. At that point, you were, you were done. Your yeah. body was yeah. done. Going down a weight, you're going to feel like a ton. Mm -hmm. didn't matter what it was. Well, no, so what he's saying, like for the next, what, like six fucking months? Oh, yeah, six, yeah, dude. He couldn't pull I could, over 400 pounds. I could do over 400. And I was when doing, he was close to five. I was close to five doing my single, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was like, dude, yeah, that sucks. I, I don't know if I just got into my head or what, but I thought, yeah, who knows? Yeah. I couldn't get it up anymore. Yeah. Until I took what the year off of the, <laughs> the whole pandemic and everything, and working nights so I couldn't make it to the gym anymore. But yeah. after that, you know, and, and uh, stuff like uh, stress can play a huge role. Mm -hmm. You know, cortisol levels, all that stuff can play a big role. Sleep, yeah, nutrition. Mm -hmm. I think last couple, last week I had 
week before. Last week before last, I had one of the best days, and I had over two thousand calories between my shakes in the morning. So I had I had probably three hundred plus grams of carbs, probably close to hundred grams of protein Already before my workout at yeah. twelve thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I felt like a madman. Mm-hmm. Felt great. Felt yeah. great. But that's hard to do. Yeah, like five thousand calories that day. That was hard. That was hard. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, of know, all about that. yeah that's why I like working at nights because we get all our, our uh, at least some you know the majority of our meals in. We have we've been uh, get all the carbs we need, and then when we were doing mornings. It was hard waking up and right away. You got to go to the gym. Yeah, you know, it, and you we got were working at four four thirty yeah. in the fucking morning. You know, how hard it is to pound that enough food to have to get, energy. To get started. You're yeah. you're basically using all your carbs from the day before. But yeah. I mean, you know, you can't just go in the gym and uh, pound a bunch of food before you get there because yeah. then you're using energy to digest all that food. So you're pretty much going in there on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. That's oh, almost the only way you can do it. Or you got to use maybe like a carbolin or something with a, a quick digesting carb to give you some type of energy. But that's about the only thing you can do. I've done the you know five five thirty morning workouts before. I actually, PR'd my first six hundred deadlift. At like five something in the morning on a keto diet, actually. On a keto, diet. yep, yep. But I was oh, yeah. eating about thirty grams of carbs a day, and I was actually still able to pull a six hundred. My first six hundred deadlifts. Yep. Don't recommend it for very long, though. <laughs> no <laughs> keto. You know that's what everybody's fucking saying. I even have. Uh, we went to dinner at my doctor's daughter. She's my actually my wife's doctor, uh, and then. Uh, that was one of the things they brought up was like they were talking about keto. She's like, yeah, it's great for losing a little bit of weight now, but longevity is no. Yeah, the, the thing is, is you know, a lot of people will, will use certain diets and they're not eating any carbs and all of a sudden they're eating a ton of carbs. Of course, they're going to put on a ton of weight after. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, your, your body needs carbohydrates to have energy. So with keto, it's basically trying to use fat. You know, it's trying to use, you know, tap into body fat storage mm. for energy. So, yeah. you know, that's the, uh, that's the idea of it. Um, but yeah, I, when I was doing keto, I was eating a couple pounds easy of steak every day and my, my jaw would be sore from chewing, mm-hmm. just oh, chewing steak. Yeah. You're like, Ugh, you know, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I've been, <clears throat> I've been doing this lifting for, I don't know, since I was in my mid twenties when I first started the first mm-hmm. gym. And again, I was scrawny, but the only, the only lift for me that really came <clears throat> somewhat easy, I guess you could say, is deadlift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember latter part of 2000, maybe, maybe, um, let's see, 2006, when I first started bodybuilding. I mean, I was repping 8, 10 reps of 405 back then, you know, as a scrawny little bodybuilder. I was maybe 170 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and that's about the only lift that ever really just seemed to be more natural to me. So my, my goal for this June here will be to take the highest deadlift ever in a uh, in a full power meet for for my class, which would be I need to be a seven thirty three. Jesus. So, mm-hmm. so my best lift personally was seven fifteen. Um, so we're we're gonna try to beat that. You mean you were gonna beat that? Yeah, that's, that's, the yeah. that's the plan. Fuck <laughs> yeah, man. So I, yeah, I got. I, I'm trying to uh, set my you know my standards, but it, you know beating the number one guy at 220 will not happen for me. It's a Russian. He's a super strong guy, uh, but I do have a chance to take the number two ranking in the world, which would Fuck be it. best you know second best total ever in the world at a 800 kilos. So that'll be 1763 total. Damn. Uh, damn. By way of about a 600 squat, 424 bench, 738 deadlift. That's the goals. That's the goal. Yeah. That's the goals. Okay. Not bad for an old guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old as <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, so we were talking the other day, and, and uh, 
who was it that I was saying was the same age as him? Somebody, uh, some other old guy that uh, there, but he was like forty five ish. David, David, right, right. You know that you know David. He's got a really good bench. He yeah, he's nine. just a bencher mainly. Yeah, David. Is he? Oh, okay. He's doing. I think he's doing the. Uh, the he's doing the full power me, but I know. I know he's got a great bench. I, I haven't even seen him he's do got most of the other bench. lifts as, he's got as much. Pretty but, good deadlift as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean. I haven't seen I him go all the way down on a squat ever. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I have never seen him squat. Um, I know, I I, guess I think, from what I heard, he's, he's definitely in the fours on his bench. I don't know where. Uh, uh, he's yeah. yeah, I'd say high fours at I'm, least. I'm, I mean, yeah, he's fucking... fours, yeah. I'd say almost fives probably. Yep. But uh, he's, he's got short. He's got shorter arms. So I know that. Well, his yeah. deadlift is probably in the that's probably, sixes too. That's probably why it's a little less than his deadlift maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but his squat, I mean, he can put all the weight he wants on it, but I count zero of them. Uh, you know what I mean? He's a good four or five inches high ooh, every fucking time. Does he know that? Maybe. I'd love I don't to really, say I don't really it, see him lift, um, you yeah. know, and, that, and that's a hard thing too, you know. I mean, um, I had a guy compete last a uh, couple weeks ago at the last meet, and he was from O'Malley's. Um, super huge guy. I mean, massive guy, and he came up and put his squat opener, and I'd say, hey, just... I don't want to be a dick, um, but you know you competed O'Malley's. He's like, yeah. He's like, have you ever have you ever done a USPA meet? He said, no. I said, you know, just just so you're aware, you know, the strictness of USPA is much stricter on squat depth than what I've seen pass at O'Malley's. So I'm not trying to be a dick at all. Just want to make sure you're aware. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. I understand. So the next day he came back and actually lowered his squat opener, which to me was absolutely impressive because a lot of people would just say, f you. I yeah, know what I'm yeah. doing. Or just say, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously, he, he he's probably seen me, heard of me through yeah. through the grapevine. Obviously, he signed up for my meet. He must know who I am. He knows that I run very legitimate you know, competitions. Um, and uh, he actually took what I said, and he listened to me, and he actually asked me for his attempts <laughs> during the competition. <laughs> I was giving him help with his attempts. And he did extremely well. And he thanked me. He's like, I'm going to take you to all my meets. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but really nice guy. I mean, and, you know, and sometimes people think that the huge guy is going to be the asshole because yeah. he's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just the opposite. Sometimes they're the big teddy bears, right? Mm-hmm. They're the softies. It's the cocky little guy that thinks he knows everything. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, sometimes. Little man just yeah, you just don't care. know. You just don't know, right? I mean, um, but I mean, it, it, was, it was cool to see that. Um, but you, you got to kind of be like, hey. Have you done a USPA meet before? Just, just me? ask him. Just ask him. No, oh, ask him. Oh, okay. Hey, just, just have you done a USPA meet before? Oh no. I said, man, I was, you know, I'll tell you, man, I've seen them, and they're, they're, they're pretty pricks. They're pricks yeah. at squat depth. Mm-hmm. That's a good way of going. You know what I mean? They're, they're really That's pricks real at squat depth. So it's, it's just hard. I mean, like coming up to a veteran like that. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like Absolutely. trying to be like, dude, your squat's high. You know, I mean, but maybe it is something he just doesn't but, but, know. But I don't think he's done, you know, and, and he's done any competitions. I don't think he has. Um, well, he competed with, like, Dean and stuff like that back in the day. Powerlifting meets. Too. That's what he was saying. But. Yeah, and it could just be it's been a while. I don't know. Or it could be, you know, maybe that he – There, I've seen people that squat above depth in training and then can hit it in, in competition. Very few and far between does that happen. Oh, but yeah. – I, I talked to a guy from my hometown who was squatting high all the time. He's like, yeah, I'll be fine when it comes to me. I said, okay. Sure enough, push, I'm like, I'm impressed. <laughs> Most people can't do that. Yeah. Most people can't do that. If I don't train to depth, I am not hitting depth in that mean. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. it, and it's also hard. Like I was talking about figuring out what's enough. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that stopping point. Because sometimes I can drop ass to grass all fucking day too. 
But when I do my, like I did my PR, that was ass to grass. Oh, yeah. And that was fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was, it was a lot of weight, right? But at the same time, I shouldn't, I should have stopped sooner. But if you're using, if you're using knee wraps, um, you know, you'll get a spring out of going a little deeper. However, you also need to get that glute hamstring to really fire to get back out of that hole. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a six and one half dozen of the other. Will that, <laughs> will that spring be enough to get you out of that hole? Or would it be better to just cut that a little bit shorter and get the spring you got and get back up? Right. Yeah. And then that's so. the thing. I want to hit depth and, and kind of come back up. Yep. You know, I want to, I don't want to, there's no point in going all the way down there. Cause I'm not, I used to be a dive bomber, you know, where you just go boom and then bounce back up. Until mm-hmm. I started hitting about 500 pounds. Then you start to go, shit, everything's going to tear. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I went down one time and, and I felt my knee kind of like just mm-hmm. so much fucking pressure on one of my knees. And I was like, dude, no way. Yeah, that was a close yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was not a good idea. So yeah. I just stopped doing that altogether. Now I'm trying to be a little more controlled. And that, and that's exactly why I'm going to have uh, uh, Tom probably crank my knee wraps down. This Even though I'm lightening my squats this week. Because um, I want to get speed on my way down, a little more speed on the way down to get that better spring. Um, I actually want to tighten my knee wraps so I don't go down as far. Yeah. Because my problem right now is I, I was literally four inches below parallel. Jeez. I mean, it was ridiculous. And I've actually tore my left glute, you know, glute ham tie in, and I don't want to do that again. Yeah. So if I'm going that far down, I have a lot higher chance of tearing that. So, yeah, no um, needs that. yeah. And for some reason, I don't know why, but I use the curve bars, the Buffalo or the Yukon bar, I actually go deeper. Oh shit! So I go deeper with that. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. so yeah, we're gonna, weird. and I've had to train with that because my shoulders are so screwed up right now. I haven't. I mean, the most I benched was yesterday. It was just three forty-seven triples, and it was easy. But shoulders are like screw you. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's just gonna be what it is. So yeah. I've got to make it back to four and a quarter in June. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How is it running? Like the business? How is it running the the gym? And then still trying to. You know, you're getting ready for this for this next meet. Has it really affected a lot of it with having the business on the side? Or you know, so uh, I've always got a lot going on. So this year we're going to run five powerlifting events mm-hmm. and the one strongman event. So that's six yeah. events. So if you add up, if you figure on the average, we're hitting you know 50 plus competitors yeah. at the uh, powerlifting events. Uh, we're we're going to be somewhere around 350 competitors that I'm dealing with mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot. Okay, so <laughs> all those events are just time consuming. Mm-hmm. So I've not taken on any new training clients at all for a while. Mm-hmm. I have my base of clients. I had some that moved or this or that, and most of my clients want to stay with me and don't want to go anywhere. But I'm really that's why I hired another trainer, Tom Van Boven. He's a, you know, 800 pound squatter. He's a phenomenal athlete. And, uh, he, um, trains literally probably about 80% the same as I do when it comes to training Mm -hmm. clients. So he's been great, um, to take like all the new people that come in, I send them immediately to him and, you know, most, most people love him as far as training wise. So it's great. Um, I'm also opening an apparel line right now called driven strength apparel. Uh, it's going to be all fitness apparel. We're going to have women's leggings, sports bras, you know, shirts, shorts, you name it, sweatpants. Sports bra. Yeah, I, you definitely need one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the that's the big thing right now. And and the hardest part for me is, yeah, I get messages from Instagram, Google, Yelp, the, the, the you know the Facebook page, the Instagram page, the website. I mean, I get messages all day long, and if I can't get to them right away. It takes me forever to find where the person messaged me from. Mm-hmm. Because you have more messages. Because there's so many different sources of messages. Mm-hmm. Like there's like literally I have at least six people, six different ways 
that somebody can message me. Mm-hmm. So if I can't get to it right away, I got to search for 10 minutes for each one of those. <laughs> it literally, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and uh, so now I just, I don't take on any more clients because there, there was days where I was training seven, eight clients a day plus running the gym. Uh, and now the gym is, you know, it's bigger. Mm-hmm. It, we've got, you know, more to take care of, more to clean up. I'm always there half an hour before my first client in the morning just to organize plates, clean the gym, you know, move stuff around. I got people that come in every weekend. My wife, my stepdaughter clean the gym every single weekend. We mop the entire facility. We clean all the machines down. Like I said, I want to keep the gym, you know, as clean as possible, mm-hmm. even though it is a strength gym. You know, I get people in there all the time that say it's a very clean gym. They're like mm-hmm. amazed that it's a strength gym, mm-hmm. but it's that clean. So I'm one of those people that kind of deal with stress and anxiety on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. However, I also thrive on it and I can't live without it. So Mm -hmm. I get bored if there's nothing going on. You know what I mean? So I've I've got shit going a hundred directions. I'm like an octopus, (laughs) right? Eight freaking eight arms going everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, my goal here is to, uh, you know, I got the, I got the office, which has all my, apparel in there right now the hardcore barbell apparel which sells really well everyone loves the logo i've had people order clothing from other parts of the country that don't even know who the hell we are Mm -hmm. Uh, we got you know singlets we have our custom singlets and socks we have supplements in there we got powerlifting gear all sorts of stuff for sale now and now i'm looking at adding five to ten thousand pieces of clothing and stuff in that little office somehow Uh, (laughs) and then hopefully within the first couple months we just literally have to order more product so i'm planning on buying an enclosed trailer and working out of that Mm -hmm. for the next six months or so until it blows up even bigger and then we'll have to rent some warehouse spacing jj jumps done jj jump is uh that place is supposed to become and I don't know if it ever got taken over. It was supposed to be a board game uh, manufacturing company. Because oh, I guess board games blew up because of the COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. <clears throat> Everyone was playing board games. On I don't know how game. many we've bought yeah. since. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, people are home, so they're playing board games, and doing, which is awesome, I think. Yeah. Instead of being on the computers and phones all the yeah. time, I think it's great. I think it's a, that's one of the best things that could have came out of it. Right. Yeah. And, and unless it's Monopoly. And, and your spouse is fighting like a fist. Table over. No, my wife's the biggest fucking poor sport, dude. I'm I'm really good at Monopoly. I'm good at money and all that other shit. And it's just kind of something I do in real life, right? Mm-hmm. So in Monopoly, she loses every fucking time. She's, you fucking cheated, like, dude. Come on, man. I can't cheat every fucking time. Yeah. And I don't like to win like that, anyways. Yeah. You know, but. So yeah, I think eventually we'll have to add some type of warehouse spacing with a, maybe a couple thousand square feet at the most mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, and then hopefully it just continues to grow and then uh, we'll probably move that when I move down to Arizona in another 10 years. Mm-hmm. So then we'll sell, I'll sell the gym to somebody who wants to treat it like I do. Me. There you go. So I, was say, I want it. Got a buyer right here. <laughs> Dude, when you're ready, let me fucking know. Because I've, I've got a pretty good list of people that are interested. But I said it's got to be ran the way I run it, and it's got to stay the kind of gym. I don't mm-hmm. care if the first person's got the money in his pocket, and he's a douche, he ain't getting it. Right. Because I want that gym you know, to be able to satisfy the people that are there. So, so. I, I'm going to need a list of all those people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll be showing up to the gym. They won't be showing <laughs> Great, I lost members. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, I'm just 
I'm just always trying to grow everything I can. I'm trying to grow the fitness industry. I'm trying to grow the powerlifting industry. I'm trying to grow the strongman community. I'm trying to grow small gyms. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to grow the community that we have. Right. You know, the, the commercial gyms, I love to see that they were all hurting. I love to see that. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, they have their place. They have their people. But, you know, big companies tend to shit on little companies. Yeah. Right or little people, right? Mm -hmm. When you get a bill in the mail and they these companies try to work you over because they know you don't want to spend three hours on the customer service phone and they just expect you to just pay the bill, right? I mean, the, it's it's always been that way. I hate hate when big companies just crap on you. Yeah, and it just seems to me like you know the commercial gyms, like I said, they serve their purpose, but to me there is nothing like a private gym. There's nothing like. Mm -hmm what we have mm -hmm. there's nothing yeah. like it you, you know and i and we i tell you we're i'm spoiled because i go anywhere in the country anywhere and i can't find shit compared to what we got yeah i can't yeah. find it. it it's it's i'm like man they don't have this they don't have that can't they don't have squat bars they don't have any deadlift bars i mean they don't have any good equipment they don't have any good machines it's like i mean do we have the best of everything of course not there's there's always better there's always more stuff out there but for what we have is 7,000 square feet, we are packed with cool mm -hmm. equipment. Dude, yeah. yeah. And it's packed. Oh, yeah. And it's not, not, I'd say not a single fucking thing in there is useless. Yeah. Not a single thing. I haven't, I've used, yeah, everything. I use all that shit. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's nothing in there that I feel like, oh, well, that's just a fucking waste of space. Nobody even touches that shit. I mean, <laughs> we do use the hyper... The leg hyperextension thing mm -hmm. a little bit more as a table sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we put our fucking phones and shit up there, but we have used it though. We do use it, yeah. It's just it's yeah, it's there. It's it's good height, you know. But uh, yeah, man, it's fucking everything in there is amazing. You just keep you just keep making it better. He hates the cable machine thing, the new one. The new one, everyone loves that. Dude, oh, that's what I'm saying. I fucking I love, love, love the small one. That's small one. He likes the little smaller. guy. Yeah. <laughs> the, new, the new one, I mean, it's the free motion, that's a $5,000 cable machine. It's uh, all aluminum pulleys. It's high end. The weights go up quick. Like, yeah. it's so much heavier than the other one. I mean, I, I do flies with only about 30 pounds on that thing. It's just amazing what you can get of a feel out of that. Yeah. I just look, I mean, crazy. We don't even I need anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, the big, the fucking big wide flies. Yeah, I yeah. like that shit because it, it really hits you deep. Yeah, yeah. So I said you don't need as much weight. Yeah, you don't, you don't need as much weight on that. It's good all. shit. I love it. Yeah. And we do our fucking turns and shit on it, anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. So well, thanks for coming, man. Let's fucking get let's finish this shit up real quick. Kind of load out. You can be a part of the game if you want to do a dance too. <laughs> you can at least answer the. I'm not a dancer. <laughs> you can, we can do the questions and shit. Um, it, it's pretty fun doing these. Don't look at my questions. You don't have any questions? Oh, I forgot about oh man, you're dancing again? Yeah. Oh no. Uh, I'm just fucking with you. So we'll, okay, I got three questions. How many? You got three? We'll just do them real quick. Um, all right. What's the first film? To have a motion picture soundtrack, either A. Fantasia, B. Bambi, C. Snow White, or D. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Everybody picks a letter. Yeah, I think what, what's Fantasia was A. I want to say Fantasia. Yeah, I want to go Fantasia because nah. I think one of the older ones. Man, I don't know. <laughs> what was the choices again? A. a Fantasia, Fantasia yeah. B. Bambi, C. Snow White, or D. Alice in Wonderland. Snow White also. Yeah, I'm thinking. I, I'm. I think it might be Snow White. Okay, 
So you guys going A? Yeah. Okay, it's C. It's <laughs> yeah! It's the first fucking yeah. thing, dude. Yeah, because that was a, that was an old movie. I was, thinking, I was, was trying to remember. Not, not, not we're not talking the color version. Yeah. We're talking the original. Yeah, dude. The original one? Yeah, the oh, original really? Snow White. Oh. It, it was the first motion picture ever to have really? a soundtrack. Yeah. Disney kind of kills it. Yeah. So it, cool. everyone's got zero. Yeah. Let's see what you got, Martin. Okay. Gotcha. In which year did the Beatles band begin? Shit. A, 1948. You were around back then, right? <laughs> B, 1962. C, 1956. Or D, 1954. We're going to go with A. I'm going B. B. Man, this is... This is... They're supposed to be almost ridiculously hard. Yeah, yeah. Unanswerable. <laughs> Unanswerable. Man. Yeah, I think. You were probably about 20 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 54. 54. Okay. It was 1956. 56. So, so C. C? Wow. So nobody Jeez. got it? No, I was close. <laughs> All right. I was closer. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, which war was longer? The Civil War, the Cold War, World War Two, or the Roman-Persian War? I'm going to go D. Yeah. D? Yeah. yeah. Roman-Persian War. Fuck. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Shit. I get a negative point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're negative point. Right. I don't know if we're doing oh, it. I thought we were going to switch yeah. it over to if yeah, you didn't know one. Switching. Yeah, if no one got If got no one got it right, then you get a point. I get a point. Yeah. So did you get a point? So I got a point. Yeah, he's got a Fuck. Point. You're getting killed. Fuck. I'm going to be dancing. I know. Let me see. So I got I one. I don't want to see that. We all got one on this yeah, one, right? You want to see it, I promise. I'll be in that singlet you want to see so Ooh, bad. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, not a, it's not a cup either. I, I don't, let me see if I got the wide zoom. Wide angle. Landscaping. The panoramic view. Yeah. Uh, what is the loudest animal on earth? The mm-hmm. A, sperm well. B lion, C elephant, or D bat. It's a sperm whale. It's a sperm whale. Sperm whale. Yeah, sperm whale. Yes. Good. Y'all, y'all I'm glad. glad. Sperm whale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Largest Japanese population outside of Japan. Either A Brazil, B China, C Hawaii, or D Russia. Well, that's a hard out of, one. Out of Japan. Yeah, outside, outside of Japan. Outside of Japan. Largest Japanese population. Man, that's a tough one. Yeah. All right, we'll go again. Brazil, China, Hawaii, or Russia? Well, that was the only one I'm going to probably get really wrong. I'm going Hawaii. Okay. I'm going to go Brazil. I gotta pick something different because I might as well. I'm gonna go in China. China, okay. It's Brazil. It is. Oh, nice. Fuck. The only person without a point. Yeah. Well, you got one. Do I have a point? Yeah, you got one. I got two. You got three. Okay. Which two U.S. states don't observe daylight savings time? I know this already. Yep, I know this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Texas, Florida, Maine, Florida, Arizona, Hawaii. Arizona, Maine. Shit, I know one of them for sure. 
And I know why you know this one. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go D. Yeah, Arizona, Maine. I didn't know Maine didn't. I know Arizona. I don't know half of Kentucky don't. Half, half of Kentucky doesn't either. That's weird. I know Arizona for sure. Arizona. You're 100%. welcome. I live there. <laughs> I live there. I know. Yeah. I didn't. I, I don't know. Hawaiians, though. That makes a lot of sense that it wouldn't do it. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, I gotta I'm go Arizona, Maine. Hawaii. Arizona, Hawaii. Yeah. I've been in Maine. Hawaii, I'm doing Maine. I'm I've been in Maine. I've never, but I've never remembered them ever changing the time zone. So yeah. Arizona, Hawaii. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. Yep. Great. I lost. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get into the bucket. Let's see what we got. <laughs> God damn it. And half of Kentucky. Oh, and half of Kentucky, right? Half of Kentucky. Shaq's That's literally, it's literally split. Half the state does and half no the way. state doesn't. Really? Yeah. All right, we'll figure out what the Shiksakula is after that. Um, it's a dance. It's a TikTok dance. Wow. Yeah, I'm not excited about it. Um, all right, let's get our shout-outs and kind of close this fucker out. My shout-out is Blaine Sumner, the Vanilla Gorilla. Uh, do you know who he is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... So, I'm shouting him out because September 12, 2018, dropped a 1,025-pound or a 464-kilogram squat. He just missed the rack, sliced his fucking forearm. I'm just... He's fucking back. Mm-hmm. He's still going. Like, what a fucking nutball. That's amazing. That's the kind of mentality I'm looking for. You know what I mean? He's psychotic. That's the plan. Uh, and then... March 4th, 2021, he missed a 1,003-pound bench, and he dropped it on his body, right? But the fact that he came all the way back from this 2018 forearm slice, and even tried this 1,003-pound bench? I mean, obviously, he's wearing a shirt. I can do that with three spotters. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If they're all yanking on it. (laughs) But, uh, so he went down... And he started going back up, got about halfway, and then it came back down. The hard part was, even with three spotters, that's a thousand fucking pounds, Mm -hmm. you know? So he's trying to hold it off of himself. Uh, Other people are rushing over there, and then boom, his arm just shoots out from underneath him, almost slices his ass in half. Uh, That's the way he put it, you know? So, fuck. The problem, you know, because he's he's in a suit, and that suit, you, you can't only hold a certain position with the suit. Right. So it's gonna it's trying to push you in a certain position. And if that bar is not in that same position, mm-hmm. yeah, you're gonna shoot out. Yeah, it, yeah. So it, it was pretty scary to watch. Um granted, there's a thousand fucking people that try to run up there and get that fucking thing off of him. So it got off pretty quickly, but he still dropped a thousand still pounds on the stomach. Yeah. Yeah. And uh he's still he's back training again, uh, like a fucking monster. Um yeah, he's my shout out. Do you even have one? I guess I could do Jim Windler. Jim Windler? Windler. Oh, yeah. 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 I think five, just because of, yeah, of the 531, man. That's that's the one that I've been doing. I think you've been doing it for a while now, and that's yeah. where I've seen my my progress, my gains come from, just you know messing with that for the past three years, yeah. um, that program. And I was going to ask kind of what your opinion, you know that program, right? The five yeah, three, what, what's your opinion on that one? I mean, I think for uh, someone who has been training for a shorter period of time it can be a really good system i think Mm -hmm. a lot of it still can play out you know in in even a more advanced lifter but Mm -hmm. it's uh just too short 
okay. typically. Um, you know, hmm. um, I I always I, I use kind of I guess a similar approach mm-hmm. with my own clients. A lot of times I'll I'll train with. Uh, with a higher higher reps and then drop the reps down as we go and then come back and it's kind of a varying plan. I don't have any mm-hmm. like very st- strict program when I train my clients. I really go off of how they are performing reacting and okay. performing to the lift. Mm-hmm. So if I see little issues with technique, I might drop it back to where they got to work, you know, a little higher reps and make work on that technique mm-hmm. with a little less weight, etc. Um, so it's, I guess I've gotten to a point where I've done this too damn long to go by any strict program. So Ed, Ed Cohen did my programming uh, last year for nationals. Unfortunately, nationals got pushed further and further back mm-hmm. and my body just kept getting beat up more and more because we were training for such a long period of time. And his training is very similar to what I do. And we started out with higher higher reps, you know, 10, eight, and then we worked down a few weeks of each of those. And then we went down to fives and threes and twos and some singles and whatever. Um, but you can only do those things for so long until you need those, you need those breaks, you need those deloads, you need everything. Um, I, I think that you can take all of the different types of programs that are out there and find the, the styles that work best for you. If that works awesome for you, mm-hmm. keep freaking doing it. Yeah, it, it, it's the best one. Yeah, right. Yeah. And now, if you can do the uh, you know Russian Smolov training, which is absolutely you know crazy, and it works awesome for you, then that's the best one. Yeah, there right? you go. If the one that you know Joe Schmo made works mm-hmm. great for you, that that's a good one too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It, it really, you know. And and like I said, if you're if you're at my point in your training and yeah. my years of experience, there, I've had to change my stuff every six months, every year. I've had to change what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm doing squats and deadlifts on the same day right now. Why? Because oh. I need more days to recover. It's not that I want to do them on the same day. Yeah. It's not that I'm any stronger. I'm actually weaker by doing that. However, I have more recovery days. And instead of doing deadlifts on Friday, I'm just doing some hamstrings and some uh, Romanian deadlifts. Um, and that's it. I'm giving myself more recovery time because I'm just bodies just can't mm-hmm. take all that training. Yeah. You know, some people can do squats and deadlifts twice a week. Um, I mean, it's it's a lot. You start <laughs> yeah. at my age and body weight, you start lifting, you know, five six hundred pounds of of those the main lifts twice a week, or or even if you're doing a lighter day and a heavier day, it's a shitload of volume and weight on your mm-hmm. body, and I just can't take it. You know, I can yeah. lift the weight once. Or twice, but I can't lift it for that many reps and that many that much volume. It just right. destroys me. So mm-hmm. I'm still strong. Mm-hmm. I just can't take what you could take. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So you know you can probably do 80, 90 percent maxes quite a bit more often than mm-hmm. I can. Yeah. Because your body can take it more than mine. Gotcha. So with that five three one, uh, you know Tony Montgomery, right? Strength mm-hmm. Union. He was a really good friend of mine at Golden Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got pretty close. Uh, not like crazy, whatever. <laughs> um, but he was trying to get me to to have him coach me. Um, he's like, oh, 300 bucks a month, blah, blah, blah. I was cooking at the time. Yeah, I don't have that fucking money, bro. Like, that's not going to happen. He's all right. Well, here's the deal. Read 531 with Jim Wedler. Start there. He's like, when it stops working, call me. Uh, well, it's like fucking three and a half years later. Mm-hmm. I'm still getting fucking stronger. So until that stops working, yeah. you know what I mean? Like... Fuck it. I mean, I am getting to the point where I do need a little bit more complex shit involved so I stop hurting myself and so that the weaknesses that I don't see myself get worked mm-hmm. on. And, but, and that's, again, why 
we have all the equipment. We have right. all the stuff. We have this stuff to do the accessory movements because your weaknesses are different than your weaknesses and your weaknesses. Yeah. You know, you need to go over, okay, you know, and my training partner and I, we do our main lifts. We usually typically do the same type of rep ranges. But if I say, do this, he does it. If I say, go do that accessory, he does it. A lot of times our accessories aren't the same. Because we're two different people, right? You know what I mean. So yeah, your main lifts you gotta have. You're gonna you're gonna go squat five, six, seven hundred pounds. You better have a damn spotter that knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, because you don't know. You can you can break something or sprain something or strain whatever on your warm ups. So you gotta have somebody there. But you know when it comes to getting your body ready, you might need to do something different than the next person. Yeah. It's great when my 25 year old lifting partner has all the same whines and complaints that I do. Oh, I'm freaking, my back's destroyed. Good, because you're 25. How do you think I feel? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he says he's destroyed, it gives me all the more reason mm-hmm. to feel destroyed. Good. Right. You yeah. know, like last last week where I was doing uh, sets of, I said set of eight with 440 RDL. And and Jeez. he did uh, the high threes. His deadlift's 150 pounds less than mine, max. But yet, he's doing a little ways less than me. So he should be sore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I should be sore too. Yeah. I haven't done RDLs in years. I haven't really, really trained them. You know? So I started out the first week at 330. And I'm like, holy shit. My hamstrings are killing me. They're cramping. Next week, I did 396. Next week, I did 440. So I jumped up 110 pounds in just those three weeks. Mm-hmm. Just because I haven't done them for a while. You know? Now my back's been sore for the whole week. I had to skip them this week. Yeah. And again, that's where you got to be smart. When my back's sore, should I do anything? Mm-hmm. No, I should just let it rest. And that's the hardest part. Oh, yeah. Is hard part taking too, yeah. so <laughs> much time off. Like everybody's like, oh, just take some time off. I'm like, do you realize how much time off I've taken? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm not training way more than I, you know, or you know, more, more than I am training now. I'm way, way more not training. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. Because as a lifter, you know how it is. Oh, yeah. You want to be in the gym. Mm-hmm. You want to yeah. be in there. You, if you could be in there seven days a week, you'd, yeah. be, you'd be excited, right? But shit, you'd be destroyed. You know, you couldn't do it. Yeah, we you watched know? the fights last night. I'm like, let's go to the gym. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's <laughs> like, go get big. I'm right now. Yeah. Let's go. go watch World Strong. Go watch one of these strongmen eventually. I'm, I'm going to go crush some stones. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go do some stuff right now. Absolutely. I mean, people are always like, ah, oh, I want to do these stones. I'm like, yeah, I do too. But you know, yeah, I, I can't. Too, yeah. but I can't. Like you know, I want to do that. I want to do our new big stones. I want. I want to do those. But no. Well, and that's what I told Rich too. You know? I was like, uh, feel free to train yoke once a month, maybe. Yeah. You don't want to be fucking running that thing all the time. You can fuck yourself up. You know, like there's some stuff that you just you gotta realize, yeah, man. Can't, can't rush it. Right. Yeah, and stones. I love stones because they're so variable. Yeah. You can do stone to shoulder, you can do stone up, you can do stone over bar, you can do just lifts. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just working core, all this other shit. But Let me see that movement again. <laughs> That's how I jack up. Too. <laughs> That's why I'm so used to it. He's already doing a dance. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. Uh, um, but yeah, man. Uh, did you have a shout out? Uh, I was going to shout out Francis last night. Yes. Francis Ngannou. Coming back, avenging the loss, beating one of the best heavyweight he UFC beat the shit out of and him, And dominated him. God damn, that was beautiful. He went back, worked on his weaknesses, just looked phenomenal. It was it was fantastic. That man is a fucking... I don't see anybody beating that he's guy. He's a tank. Dude, well, nobody nobody was even coming close to fucking with Stipe. Yeah. And he beat the shit out of Stipe. Yeah. DC beat the shit out of him. Battles with DC, but... Jesus. This guy just mopped the floor. With yeah, him. that was fucking nuts. I didn't see that. Do you have anybody you want to shout out? Anything like that? Or? I, I, I honestly, 
I didn't think of anything like that, but uh, I mean, I shout out to anyone who is feeling maybe down on themselves. You know yeah. what I mean? Just, just get out there and do it, man. Get out there and, uh, you know, and, and get started, get yeah. started, you know, come in, check the place out. Um, see what we have to offer as far as, you know, not just the gym, but us as people, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and there are so many people that come in and like I said, maybe they're intimidated, but after a couple of weeks, they're like, man, this place is really kind of homey. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like, it's like a, it's like a second home, you know, people, it's funny because during the whole COVID thing and, you know, we, we didn't have the, the mass restrictions and now that we're a private facility, we're, you know, even completely legal with no mass. Um, but people say, thank you. Thank you for being here because yes. this is my only normalcy mm -hmm. of my yeah. entire day. Mm -hmm. it, it feels like a normal day it's when the last away. year has felt like yeah. just stupid. Like it is right. You, know, you got to go you go to Walmart or something. You got to go to the restaurant. You got to go anywhere. You got to wear a freaking mask. I mean, come on. Where's a point zero zero something odd percent chance of dying? I, mean, I got more than that walking across the street on the way out of here. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't want to be in fear my whole life. Mm -hmm. yeah. Fuck it. Kill me. You no, know? I want to live. I want to live. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because I want to live. You yeah, know? Short amount of time already. Yeah. I just yeah. bought my first supercar. Uh, I'm driving a brand new 2021 R8. Did um, you bring it? No. No. Okay. Weather's not, oh. weather's not good today. Okay. So, you know, my, my goal is to actually trade that back in in August to buy my first Lamborghini. Um, and, and And that is... I, I'm, I'm going on 50 years old and Why I can not? still enjoy this. Yeah, like, yeah. it's been my dream since I was, you know, this tall. And I want to own a Lamborghini. And it's like... I don't want to own it when I'm 70. Right. I already look old as shit in the damn yeah, car I'm in do. now. <laughs> I want to. I want to like. I want to be able to have Enjoy. fun. You know. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to have fun and be an idiot. You, you know. know and, you won't look bad though. You're fucking huge. <laughs> like I mean, you look honestly maybe 40. You look 40s-ish. You know. You're not. You got some gray going on, but you're not pure white, right? And then fucking <laughs> you're balding. Right? I'm just gonna keep no, and everything else. No, 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 I'm not. That's why it's not so. That's why I was laughing. And you're like, oh, that hippie kid in high school. I'm like, where'd that shit go? <laughs> that shit fell out. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you'd be driving a Lamborghini. You'll probably be the coolest fucking looking dude in a Lamborghini. I mean, there's a couple Ferraris around here, 70, 80 year old fucking dudes who don't even drive them. Yeah. You know, fuck that, yeah, man. Yeah. What do you got all that power for? Yeah. I'm passing you in a it's fucking good. Mercedes, you know? Get you know, I, I, I've always ridden motorcycles. I've raced motorcycles. I've had 17 of them. I've got two Ducatis still, one here and one in Arizona. And it's like, you know, I'm just getting... I love it. I love motorcycle racing. i got to watch races that are on right now in Qatar. But I, I just love it. But, man, getting all the gear on, I get sore. It's hard to get on. My, my knees get sore. I mean, I want to be dragging my knee in the corner, but I it's so much easier to jump in my car and mm -hmm. I can go 150 miles an hour in a couple seconds. Right. And I'm there. You know, it's like, it, it, it's the same thrill. It's just a lot easier. Yeah. You know, and a lot more expensive, but still. Especially yeah. Lambo, it's easy. Yeah. yeah, it's easy. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, let's kind of close this up. So, the place he's telling you to come check out is Hardcore Barbell. We all fucking train there. This guy owns it. Uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you want to give a number and, a, and an address real quick? Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, 1417 Northeast 76th Street uh, in Vancouver, uh, Hazeldale area. It's uh, maybe 10 minutes from Jansen Beach uh, out of Portland. So it's uh, it's close to Portland. We have a lot of members from Portland. Yeah. Um, again, like Toby was saying, you know, um, you know, we're talking about we're talking about you know, driving for the right facility, right? I used to drive 
it, when I lived in Rochester, I used to drive 25 minutes, but it was an hour when it snowed. Oh, yeah. It was awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking 20 minutes. That's nothing. I used to drive yeah. an hour to get to work because it was nasty out. And to go to the better gym, it wasn't even a great gym. It was just the better one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, get out there. Um, you know, my, my cell phone number is our gym. So you can text me. Uh, it's, it's, it's on the Google site. It's on the hardcore barbell, www.hcbarbell.com. We have a uh, Facebook page, hardcore barbell, Vancouver, uh, hardcore barbell on Instagram. When we got, we got it all. So, you know, come link up, link up and, uh, get a workout in. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, we'll let you know when his apparel line's coming out, you know, that'd be fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd love to see that shit. So, um, yeah, get a hold of us. Yeah. We're on Instagram too. Psychotic strength crew, um, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and YouTube. So, yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate you coming in. Yeah, thank you. Fun, awesome. yeah, fun learning Sorry, a couple of new things, too, man. Yeah. We can, yeah, we yeah, can yeah, all learn. I don't care if you're yeah. 70 or mm-hmm. 20. We can mm-hmm. all learn from someone. I've cool. learned from young guys. They come out with new shit all the time. And that's the thing, you know, when I first started, we were doing dumb stuff. We were doing 30 sets of chest. I mean, I wonder why my chest didn't grow at the time, right? But seriously, you can overtrain just as much as you can undertrain. And, you know, today, like like Tyler was saying, it you can learn a lot from the, the Instagrams and the Facebooks, but you're not learning everything. Right. So it, there's nothing like having a real strength coach to teach you because you can spend years making mistakes or you can spend a couple weeks and learn most of it right off the bat mm-hmm. and then learn shit correctly. Well, and, and even even uh, on that, right? Sometimes people say they don't want to have a coach because it's expensive. Absolutely. Well, then you're not fucking serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to get good? I mean, what? The NFL's not all got coaches. They got a coach for every fucking section of the team. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, and that shit's expensive because they want to be the best. Yeah. You want to fucking win? Get somebody who can teach you how to do it. Even if you come in and do a couple sessions with uh, myself or, or, or my trainer, you know, do a squat session, do a bench session, do a deadlift session. I guarantee you see a huge change in one day. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks. Yeah. Signing out.